Let us pray. Gracious Lord, through your Son, Jesus, you have called us to be your own. What a wonderful and joyous thing it is to be called a child of God, a follower of Jesus. Lord, this morning we pray that you would help us to live up to those designations. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As I mentioned at the beginning of the service, my name is Pastor Bruce Rumsch, and I serve on a very part-time basis at Trinity in Hillsboro. And if anyone ever asks me, I tell them, I'm retired. Some of you I may have met. I know I've met at times. And some of you may even say, well, yeah, I kind of know who that guy is. And I might say, well, I know you. But knowing someone and knowing someone are two entirely different things. When you come to some place and you think you know someone and you walk up behind them and you're going to tap them on the shoulder and they turn around and you go, oh, I thought I knew you. I'm sorry. It can be kind of embarrassing thinking that you may know someone. Or you may even think you know someone until they do something just totally out of character, and you'd go, you know, I really didn't know that about them. A number of years ago, Tom Hanks, in one of his movies, in fact, there's... I think only a handful of characters in the whole movie. And the vast majority of the movie is Tom Hanks and his one friend, I guess you'd say, a volleyball, Wilson. And somewhere in that movie, there is this line when Tom Hanks is just, he's, He's kind of destitute, he's just he's depressed, he's just worn out from being this castaway on an island, and he looks across at Wilson and he says, I know you. It's an important thing to know someone. It's great if we even have an acquaintance with them. But in the lessons for today, God says not that he has an acquaintance with us, but he says, I know you. Especially in that Old Testament lesson, it's referenced in the New Testament lesson from Hebrews 12 and and then in the gospel lesson again. In all three of those, we find this idea of God knowing us unlike anyone else could ever know us. But what does God know about us? In the Old Testament lesson, we start with verse 18 that says, for I know their works and their thoughts. You got to go back the previous three or four verses 
to know that what God is saying there in I know their works and their thoughts is not a good thing. Because the previous verses are talking about them worshiping idols and eating pig's flesh and doing everything that God did not want them to do. He says, I know you. I know you because I created you, I sustained you, I preserved you, I know you, and I know that that's just kind of your nature, to be rebellious. My nature, to be rebellious. Ever since the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve decided they were going to create a God in their own image and treat God and come to God on their own terms, you and I have been that way. And even this covenant people that Isaiah talks about and refers to over and over again, and throughout the whole Old Testament, all of the prophets talk about this special relationship. God says, I know you, that you try to do things on your own terms. That we, as individuals, see God often through our own eyes. We try to set the rules as we would set them, rather than as God sets them. It's our nature. We like to come to God on our own terms. And God says, I know that about you. I know that about me. I know you. In the gospel lesson, it's even more kind of devastating because this individual comes up to Jesus and he says, are only a few folks going to be saved? And Jesus says, strive to enter through the narrow door, the narrow gate. Right away, that guy knows that uh, there's something here. Not, I'm not understanding your answer, Jesus. And he says, but, and, and then Jesus goes on to talk about the kingdom of God and to talk about how there are going to be all these people there, but you're not going to be one of them. And the guy objects. And he says, How could that be? We ate with you. We drank with you. Or we were at the same places that you ate and drank. And you taught in our streets. And if we read that carefully, we understand that the guy is saying, I know about you, Jesus. I was in places where you were at. I was at some of the meals that you were at. I had this intellectual assent and knew about you but I didn't know you. And Jesus says, well, then too bad. You're not going to be in the kingdom of God. It's not a theoretical understanding or some intellectual understanding of Jesus that puts us in the kingdom of God. But it's knowing him. And we know God through 
Jesus. Which is the remarkable gospel and good news of these lessons that despite what God knows about us, he loves us anyway. Despite what our nature is to be seeking God on our own terms, in our own rules, in our own way, God says, despite all that, I love you anyway. That famous verse that we've all memorized, God so loved the world that he gave his son, that believing in him we might have everlasting life. Because God sent his son, verse 17, not to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Despite what he knows about us, he still calls us in the Hebrews passage, sons and daughters. That's a powerful statement. We read through that, and it's talking about discipline, that that discipline, God's going to discipline us, just as parents discipline their children. But he does so because of his love for us. And he gives us that special designation, a son or daughter, a child of the Lord. Despite what he knows about us, he still calls us his children. And he says, I've got something special for you as my children. Going back to the Isaiah passage, verse 22, For as the new heavens and the new earth that I make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your offspring and your name remain. From new moon to new moon, from Sabbath to Sabbath, all flesh will come to worship before me, declares the Lord. Having been redeemed, having been known by God, by Jesus, he says, now you enter the kingdom of God. One of the things that I did when I said I retired, uh, retirement isn't really quite true. You just repurpose. And so part of my repurposing has been to, I got hooked on this one phrase, the kingdom of God. Jesus talks about it constantly. Luke is the biggest proponent of the kingdom of God. He uses that phrase more than anyone else, except Matthew uses the kingdom of heaven, and it's the same thing. What does that mean? It's all related to that new heavens and new earth. It's the new creation that he gives us. It's the new life of Christ in us. Paul will talk about in the epistles. It's the rule and reign of Christ in our lives. And in his, I should say, beyond that. Not just in our lives, but in all of creation. And so even in Isaiah, when he talks about a new heavens and a new earth, and we see that all through the Old Testament, and we see it all through the New Testament, and we see its ultimate fulfillment in that vision that John has in Revelation, the good news is God is saying, I know you, and this is what I've got for you. Something beyond our imagination. I'm giving it to you as a gift. 
Not something that we can earn or we can get on our own terms, but to say, Jesus says, here it is. As you believe in me, as you have faith in me, here it is. And we enter that kingdom of God, not on our own terms, but as Jesus said, through that narrow gate, through that narrow door, through Jesus Christ. But then he has a task for us. He says, I know you, and what I want you to do as called and commissioned children of God is I want you to share that with others. I want you and me. He wants all of the ones that he knows to be those faithful messengers. And so in Isaiah and in the Hebrews text and even in the gospel lesson, he talks about all of these folks that he knows that he's bringing in and they're entering into that new heaven, into that new earth, into that kingdom of God. But he gives the work of that to you and to me. He says, I want you to go and be my messengers, my disciples, my followers. I'll equip you. I'll give you the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll give you all of that. But the ones that he knows, he says, now you go and share that good news. You know, it's important about what you know. It's one of the most devastating things about Alzheimer's and about dementia, that the things that we knew begin to slip away. That's what makes it such a devastating disease. It's important what we know. To a certain extent, in our life here, it's maybe even kind of important who you know. But the wonderful good news of the lessons for this morning is that God says to us, is that Jesus says to us, I know you. And in knowing him, we enter into the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Gracious God, for your marvelous gift of your son, Jesus, we give you thanks today. And that you know us. That you created us, that you sustain us, that you preserve us. That you know us. And in knowing us, you love us, despite our faults. So, Lord, keep us strong in our relationship with you. May we celebrate being a part of the family of God, being in that kingdom of God, as sons and daughters of the King. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.